Hi, I'm Sam, and welcome to Dungeon Dive Bar, a Pathfinder actual play podcast with a new episode every single week. Joining me for this adventure are Garrett. Yo, what's up? I'm Garrett. Um, and wait, are we introing characters? Oh God! Flawless intro. Megan. Hey, I'm Megan. <laughs> Alex. Hi, I'm Alex. David. I'm David Knight. You will hear them call me the Truth Whale. Just that's my username. That's what most of them have known me by for years. Matthew. Hi, how are you doing today? And Ian. Hi, I'm Ian. I won't call them that because I've known them the least. For those in the know, we're playing through the Emerald Spire Super Dungeon Pathfinder module. This module takes players from level 1 to 13 and dives into the depths of an unknown and unexplored subterranean dungeon. They'll meet foes, friends, and everything in between while trying to discover what exactly has drawn so many to face their own mortality and explore the Emerald Spire. Are you ready, guys? Sure. Ready as I'll ever be. Great. I will definitely have to suppress my sniffles because I have allergies. Just don't breathe. That's the solution. <laughs> Obviously. It's easy. When I moved here, my allergies just stopped. I don't know why. Apparently something in Houston wanted to kill me. Every individual spore of pollen has a gun in Houston. That's true. That is very true. For those of you who are concerned about this, because we are recording this during the uh, COVID-19 quarantine, we are playing at Roll20 safely quarantined away from each other. Separated all the way across the country. Speak for yourself, I'm kissing David right now. We open. It is early in the morning on Oath Day. The 20th of Farast. The hustle and bustle of a normal city. But this is not any normal city. This is Fort Inevitable. A town run in the iron grip of the Hell Knights. But this town is unique, not just for that. But because of its proximity to an ancient location known as the Emerald Spire. Over the millennia, countless adventurers have tried to delve into the Emerald Spire... Some with mild success. Most end in death. This group, however, may find out differently. We zoom in on the southern walkway to see a human woman walking towards the gates. And she is stopped by two men in heavy armor. State your name and your business. I'm, I'm Pelta. I've been working here. The, uh, I'm scribing for, for a, uh, one of the signifiers. Pipers. I don't don't have uh here. And he takes your work permit from your hands, looks it over. Get back to work. Gladly. What does this human woman look like, Alex? Pelta is a lithe woman. She's very tall, over six feet. She has the dark weathered skin of uh Kelid, and curiously has two different colored eyes. One is a blue, and the other is a very, very dark violet, nearly black. She's sort of working right now, so just in a kind of comfortable traveler's clothes. Nothing too fancy, just barely keep making her keep. And as Pelta walks through the streets, she sees a little bunny rabbit hopping in a very out-of-breath man chasing this rabbit. God damn it, Fitz, get back here! He's, he is, like, panicking, running after his rabbit. You hunting that rabbit? No, that's my friend. Can you help me grab him? Please. Uh, Pelta will try and race down and grab the rabbit. Yeah, you, you grab the rabbit. It's a rabbit. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, here. And who are you? Um, my name's, my name's Declan, and he holds out a satchel open for the rabbit. Oh, why do you keep food with you? Oh, no, this is, this is Fitzgerald. He's my hair. Oh. Sorry. 
Well, uh, what brings you here? I'm researching. <clears throat> Devils, or? Oh, um, archaeology. Oh, so you're here for the tower. Uh, absolutely. Sorry, I should have asked. What, who are you? I'm Pelta. I, I come from the Ghost Wolf tribe in Numeria. Oh, okay. Yeah, I said I'm Declan. This is Fitzgerald. Pleasure. And as you two, now friendly, continue walking, you see an Asimar storm out of a church, his holy symbol of Desna uh, flapping as he basically gets kicked out as you see an angry priest yelling at him. That's the uh, status quo and Fort Inevitable. I'm Declan. This is Fitzgerald as he holds out a uh, satchel with a rabbit's head poking out of it. Pelta sets her hip. I'm Pelta. My name's Garrett. And as if by some contrived coincidence, a female tiefling bedecked in armor rushes at Gareth. Little brother, what kind of trouble did you get yourself into today? He was in the middle of getting thrown out. Megan, describe this tiefling for us. So as tall as Gareth is, his sister is even taller, probably coming in at about six feet, six inches before the horns, which rise almost another foot above her head. Her skin is like this blood orange. Her hair and eyes just like a slightly redder, slightly darker tone. And although she's just an armiger for now, she wears plain scale mail with the symbol of the Order of the Pike etched into it. And behind her flicks a very long, very agile looking tail. So you must be the sister then? Unfortunately. Harsh. He doesn't seem that bad. Rutha kind of grimaces a little, and you see a glint of fang. Who are these new friends you've made? Ah, yes. Uh, That's Fitzgerald. I'm Declan, the one who gets forgotten. Declan's here to study the spire. Mm Mm-hmm. Very excited. How interesting. I'm told that uh, my Armiga training might take me there myself. I could definitely use a hand. Could use with some mixing up. Writing scrolls isn't the life I'm used to. What time of day is it? Ten o'clock in the morning. Okay, so a bit early for the bar for Declan. I'm a bit late for work, though. And as these four folk are discussing their next move, we zoom out a little and zoom into the Red Shield Tavern, where there are many patrons already having a drink, but we focus in on one in particular. Another tiefling having a round of drinks and a fine turkey leg dripping with meat juices. All those succulent meat. Garrett, describe what this tiefling looks like. He has sort of like a pale red skin, um, dressed in like a light tunic uh, with a uh, cloth wrapped around his waist. He's got like a set of ram's horns that curl down from his head, except one is broken off and there's just a stub left. He only has the right one uh, still full as a horn. Um, He has a light black beard and a short tuft of black hair that comes off the top of his head. And uh, most noticeably, he is missing his left arm, and it is uh, replaced with some sort of, like, golem's arm that is fully animated. And uh, as he's sitting there, the bartender comes over. She's a portly middle-aged woman that goes by the name of uh, Embra Morsk. She is the proprietor of the inn and the tavern. She comes over to you and goes, Aren't you a little young to be in the bar this early. She's a very gruff woman. Well, it's not like I have much else to do, and not unless I can convince a party to get together to visit the spire. You check the signifier's house? Yes, multiple times per day. I'll go I'll head through the grapevine 
And uh, plenty of people are coming today. Right, but you have to get the right ones. Most of those idiots never come back. Well, take it from someone who has. Find a lot of luck sometimes. You find a lot of good people. Just by accident. And uh, as she winks, her hair kind of falls a little, and you see a massive scar going across her head like a hairline. You do, do I have to pay extra to be alone? I'm, I'm, I'm confused. To go to the spire? No. No, no, no. I mean to meet, eat my meal in peace. Please go away, you hideous hag. Thank you. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. Eight charisma, by the way. She stares blankly as she kind of processes what this guy just said to her in her own home, in her own bar. And she just Throw out. whistles. And four hell knights <laughs> just grab you by the arm. I'll thank you pay your tab now. <clears throat> That's awfully hard to do when I can't reach into my pockets. <laughs> One of the hell knights punches you in the face. Take uh, two non-lethal. <laughs> okay. And they just drag, get, grab you and they just hurl you onto the street. Right in full view of another group of four. And there's the other brother. How... How often are people thrown from establishments here? I think it's just this family. Maldrick will uh, get up and pat himself off and be like, well, there's another free meal. It all works out. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you if you go around breaking the rules in Fort Inevitable, you're going to get hurt? Listen, I did not break any rules this time. All I did was insult the lady who would not leave me alone, who, who happened to be the, the owner tavern. of the tavern. Yes. Retha, roll me a knowledge local. Ooh, Natty 19 to start things off. You know that if someone breaks enough rules in Fort Inevitable, that they are punished by slavery as they work their debt off. Do you want to end up enslaved worse? If I was going to end up enslaved, I'd just leave town. Easy. Actually, Pelta, you hear a ringing in your ears. The alarm spell that you have to make sure you're not late for work. Shoot. I'm late. As you make your way to... The Chancery, where you are employed by the Signifier, who is also the one who issues quests into the Spire. I've got to go to work. Uh, if you're going to the Spire, come with me. Meaning to ask for permission to get there. I have some final cleaning up to do in the armory, but I do need to report to the Signifier anyways. My schedule just cleared itself. <laughs> right. Well then, come along. And as you make your way to the Chancery... You see a couple of individuals in the foyer. The first is a very, what's the polite word? Intense looking fellow with a smug expression on his face, wearing the holy symbol of Asmodeus. You also see a woman bedecked in heavy armor with a massive sword on her hip. Can I say the first guy looks like Gilroy Lockhart? Oh, he does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a very pale woman with a skull helmet that, Retha, you would actually recognize immediately. This is Lady Commander Aldara Drovast, the fort commander of Fort Inevitable, the absolute authority within these walls. And as you approach, you hear them arguing, Lady Commander, we must send more people in. We do not know what is in the spire. I don't care. You're not sending anyone in unless they're a complete team. We've lost too many Hell Knights that way. Ah, uh, yes, but you see. Oh, once we have guests. Hello, sir, friends. Excuse me, sir. I'm sorry I am late. Pelta, what have I told you about being late? I'm docking your pay for this. I'm sorry, sir. 
We can't go up gallivanting in the hills. It's dirty. I stayed in the city, but these people, they're looking to get into the spire. It's trying to be on time. She was not gallivanting through the hills. I can assure you of that, sir. And she might have been. It was my uh, youngest brother <laughs> that held us up momentarily. Enough! The lady commander barks at you all, causing a very heavy silence to fill the room. Private Valduk, you wish to enter the spire? She gets real up in your face, like you can feel her breathing on you. I, I, yeah, yes, ma'am. And what about the rest of you? Maldrick will step forward. I actually rounded everyone up to, uh, to form a team for the spire. Uh, all my idea, uh, I'm ready to go. Rutha just snorts. Yes, well, the signifier stands, steps up and like, well, you look one short of a full team. Perhaps I could be of assistance. Levon! Come here, child! And a human man steps forward. David, what does this man look like? Calling him a man is a bit presumptuous in terms of that he looks more like a boy than a man. Almost like he's barely reached adulthood. The first thing you notice about him is the quality of his equipment. He looks like a professional adventurer would. He doesn't have a single piece of his well-packed backpack. I don't think I don't think of a I can't think of another word other than packed. I guess organized. He's got very well-maintained armor. He's got some sort of weird hybrid between a a metal like wrist guard and a buckler that has a strange-looking piece of green metal slotted into the center. On his left side, attached to his hip is a sheathed blade with one of the strangest hilts you've ever seen. It looks like it has a second cross guard on the bottom. That's the easiest way to kind of describe how this hilt looks. And it's obviously a one-handed short-bladed sword. So why it would have that is strange. The next thing you notice is the fact that the way he holds himself does not seem to be congruent with his equipment loadout. He seems to hold himself very gloomily. He walks attentively but his eyes are always kind of cast downward his messy bright blonde hair is hanging down over his face he wears a jacket over his armor and he walks in and half looks up at signifier host everyone this is levon he is an employee of mine who will be joining you levon this will be your party they will be your handlers for the time Understood? Have they contracted my services yet? Oh, we're about to get there. Who amongst you, and he turns back to the other five, will be the signatory for the contract for the Spire exploration? I will. I was going to say I might as well, but... Well, primary signatory. So the rest of you will still have to sign. Not a fan of signing contracts with Hell Knights, but we're here. If you wish to explore the Spire... You need our permission. I sound French and German at the same time. Do not ask questions. Oh, oui, oui. Titi baguette croissant. It's called Dutch. Just go for that. That's It's halfway between. I am Dutch. What's Dutch? It's a small city in Isga. Ah, I see. <laughs> you're, not, you're not allowed to just throw European cities in Isga. I think it's actually pronounced butch, and it's a lifestyle choice. All of the Netherlands are actually one city. Yep. Regardless of my ethnicity and region of origin. Yes, do we all have to sign or just one he of us for everyone? We all have to sign. Well, if you have a designated signatory, 
who it can be leg you will legally sign over your rights to this signature with there's only one of you needs to sign Rutha, that's you go ahead and he unfurls this massive scroll oh don't worry i've <laughs> i'm good with contracts <laughs> do you mind if i read read through that quickly Rutha will spend like probably a couple of fucking hours reading this thing like in every detail meticulously Levon, bring us some tea while we're waiting. He, he nods and retreats into one of the side wings. For those who are reading right. the contract. Give me sure. a linguistics check. Um, shit, am I trained in this? Would profession barrister work? <laughs> I mean, I do I have mean, profession barrister, so... That's oh, what I was asking. Do? Yeah, then yeah, Ailow. you can do profession barrister, then. Yeah, that's exactly Ooh. what this is for. <laughs> 16, not the best, not the worst. <laughs> 16 as well. All right, so you read it over. It seems very standard, fair. You know, it's like we hereby are, ex are you know, signing our, uh, that we are going to be exploring this virus permission from the Fort Inevitable, blah, blah, blah. Our families will not seek legal recourse should we perish in the tower, that sort of thing. And then you see that at the bottom there's an addendum that says that we, the signatory, will take possession of the employment contract of Levin until such a time that the contract shall be restored to signify Orishan Hast. That all looks good to me. There don't seem to be any loopholes in it or anything? There doesn't seem to be any loopholes. Uh, not that you can pick out. You, I'm sh you're sure that if you had, you know, much higher knowledge of contracts and things, even though you've been literally writing these and studying these all your life, if there's anything in here, it would take someone above me on your skill level to find them and pick them out. Maldrick isn't worried because it's not his name going on the contract. <laughs> Seems to me they shouldn't have any reason to target anything such as that towards low-level adventurers such as ourselves. I'd hope not. It seems fine to me. As long as none of you have any family members that intend on suing if you die in the tower. Oh, yeah, it's it's general signing away, a waiver, waiving yes. legal rights. Well, as long as that's all. Retha, if you're that worried, you can always have great-grandpa look at it. Retha just scowls. <laughs> I don't need to take this to great-grandpa. It's just a suggestion. That's all. If that's all settled. Levin, you are theirs now. Understood. Have you supplied them with my proper contract, then? I think yes. that's what we were just looking at. Two things to note about his specific part of the contract. The first is a clause that, should he perish... Whoever holds the contract at time of his death will be expected to pay the dragon marked a total of 1,000 gold pieces for essentially recompense for getting one of their guild members killed. And the other thing is that the terms of termination for his contract are if all current contract holders perish or whatever mission he's been contracted for, which in this case would be the exploration of the Spire, has been satisfactory completed to the contract holder's desires. Makes sense. Yeah, you don't know what the Dragonmarked Guild is. Uh, you do notice that as he's bringing out tea and actually using his hands a bit more, that on the back of his left hand, the one without the buckler on it, is just this intricately beautiful tattoo. It seems to be an equilateral pentagon that is marked in some sort of blue ink, and inside is this just absolutely gorgeous depiction of a blue dragon it's also shaped like a penis like this was clearly made by someone who is immensely skilled at tattoo work like your ink he just kind of looks at you when you say that 
almost confused. Guess you would. Uh, and as you respond like that, the signifier Hasta grabs your arm and says, Play nice with them, boy. They're your keepers now. Kind of looks at the signifier, raising an eyebrow. It's like, I understand how the contracts work. I've been doing this for a while. Good. Make sure you all, uh, oh, what does the kids say? Kit it up? Not sure that's what the kids say, but... I've heard kids say that. Levin, your kid. Do they say kit it up? Not in Kazmarin. I heard a party say that once, and they were quite young. So I assumed. This is my first time back in Avistan for several years, so that might have caught on. They actually say on fleek now. On fleek. They do not say that in the Selen Hills. I haven't heard that in Lothar. Nor do they say that anywhere near or here. Kids these days. We may reset the inn, and tomorrow you will be escorted to the spire. Lovely. Great. Any last minute purchases or preparations? And perhaps we shall throw a small party celebrating our latest venture in. What do you say about that, Lady Commander? Uh, and she's been sitting there very quiet staring at you all yes perhaps we should honor our guests before they depart i will have the foyer modified for such an event we convene here in 10 hours and we shall throw you all a party for your grand exploration sounds like a plan as is customary we will also give you temporary free lodging at the inn that is great to hear thank you however you will have to pay for your own food. I heard the Red Shield Tavern has lovely food. Oh yes, I, I can attest to that. Unfortunately, I'm not allowed there anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, you might want to ask Maldrek about that, as he got himself thrown out early this morning. I technically did not break any laws. I was just asked to leave and thrown out forcibly. Because you called the owner of the establishment a ugly old hag. Well, she is. Tact is better than honesty. You know, now that Levin is standing close to you guys, you kind of notice how short he is. He's only okay. five foot six. And every single one of you oh, no, are no. six no, foot actually, I'm, giants. I'm only five eight. I'm pretty short. I didn't forgot to mention that. I don't. I don't think I ever described Declan. Yeah, he's also he's like five eight, pale, thin, ginger hair, loose like little curly back in a ponytail. He is a. Why are we with such small young men? He looks soft. Perhaps you should get to know your party members before the party. Why don't you all go to the inn? Have a nice kip. She didn't technically say I was banned. She threw you out. That's not... The, uh, being thrown out does not amount to a lifelong ban. Yeah, give it give it an hour at least. Uh, Mr. Hell Knight, sir, can I get an official writ to allow me back in unless I insult her again? Unless there's formal declaration. I hold up my hand for a high five. That's fair. Unless there's formal declaration. You... Can't really be banned, can you? The Lady Commander motions for two Hell Knights to escort you to the tavern. Not the tavern, I'm sorry, not the tavern, to the uh, inn. And so, let's just step out of character a little bit. And Garrett, what is your character's class? Oh, I am a uh, Magus, which is, for those of you who aren't familiar with Pathfinder, it's basically a mix between like a martial character, like with a sword, and a uh, like a wizard, so he fights with both magic and uh, like swords. I took a archetype for the Magus. I am a Jiskan Artificer Magus, which is what gave me my golem arm. Cool. Then we have Retha. So I am a Cavalier 
which is sort of like a mounted paladin, except minus the whole, like, divine slash having to be lawful good part. And I specifically have the archetype Disciple of the Pike, which is kind of a twofold reason for taking that. First, it's like the unmounted cavalier archetype. You still get all of the cool charges and challenges and stuff, but it's without having to have a mount to ride on, which might get a little tough during a dungeon dive. The other reason, obviously, is that it flavor-wise ties me to the Order of the Pike, which is one of the major Hell Knight orders. Pelta! Pelta is a uh, barbarian isn't exactly what we needed, so she's a barbarian. A um, scald is the Pathfinder specific class. So instead of inspiring her allies to do greater things like a normal bard, uh, she really pisses off her allies into a rage. Strong. Um, and will send everyone flying at the enemies. So yeah, she's ready to mix it up in melee. Uh, she also has a couple of magic tricks here and there. But going down the line, we have Gareth. I decided I wanted to play a cleric, and I wanted to play specifically a cleric of Desna, because Desna is everybody's favorite it's chaotic ironic that the good most deity. chaotic character did not take an archetype. This <laughs> uh, doesn't help that most cleric archetypes. Just like are imagine hearing that bad, completely so. out of context. Yeah, it's hard to beat straight up and down cleric. To be fair, if you wanted to play a better archetype cleric, it's called the Oracle class. Yeah. Similar in a path, like just like the wizards, and, yep. and like the Arcanist. <laughs> As I get. Yeah, speaking yes. of the Arcanist, Declan. Uh, so yeah, Declan is an Arcanist for kind of the same thing as the non-Pathfinder aficionados. It is a mix between Sorcerer and Wizard. It's still based off of intelligence like a Wizard, but they don't expend the spells they prepare with each casting, so it's a little bit easier on the prep side. Imagine if you got all the benefits of being a wizard and a sorcerer in terms of spellcasting. Yeah, cast like a 5e wizard. The only downside versus a wizard is a slightly slower spell progression. That's the sorcerer aspect. Yeah, but then they they cast less spells per day than a sorcerer and don't have as high level spells as a wizard. But they can learn as many as they want to like a wizard. This is also the first time I am playing a game with an arcanist in it. Oh. That's well, my first. I'm very excited. To see <laughs> Enjoy how you early work. levels because it's the only time he'll be even remotely counterable. <laughs> <laughs> my first time playing an Arcanist, so it'll be fun for everyone. And last and certainly not least, Levin. Uh, Levin is a ranger, and for any of you who think you know ranger, you're wrong because I've taken the most archetypes of this group because I hate core <laughs> ranger and how it plays. He is. Both a uh, dungeon diver, which is a ranger that is specifically meant to dive dungeons. It's an incredibly complex archetype. I can understand if you need me to repeat it. And he is also a trapper because we needed a trap finder. And I hate that rangers get spellcasting and it's as bad as it is. So I've traded away all the features I don't like and gotten features that I can play with. Is it dungeon diver or dungeon rover? It might be dungeon rover, yeah. I almost took a third one, but I didn't like what it gave me in exchange for all but one favorite enemy, so I decided against it. Yeah. My friend wanted me to help him build one with just as many archetypes as possible. Like, how much can I trade away from a class to do something? You can get up to three on Ranger, maybe four if you can get GM permission to slot something over another thing. I think we did four on a Witch. Which was interesting. Just like speaking of trading away things that you uh, don't like, though. For the record, Retha has a prehensile tail. Retha has traded away her fiendish sorcery racial trait for a prehensile tail. Because if you're not a sorcerer, fiendish sorcery is worthless. So 
I can grab stuff with my tail. So, you have discussed who you, what you guys are and what you can do. You have had your party. It was a very sad, very boring party. There was a small, there was only a small cake. Was there a clown? Like an mm-hmm. eight inch cake uh, in one single balloon. Okay. <laughs> About what I expected. Was there any amount of booze? There was red wine, one bottle, Ugh. and 17 checkers boards. Declan was drunk after a glass. Retha just goes around the party uh, kicking everyone's ass at checkers. <laughs> and with that, you party the night away with a rousing game of checkers. I'm having a great time. I was about to say, I, as soon as I can, I grab that wine bottle and just drink it. Oh, okay. It <laughs> should be morning. noted that Levin is acting about as uh, sociable as your average cactus does. Oh, very nice. In that he's not speaking and unless spoken prickly. to. He's kind of keeping to himself. I do try and get you to play one yeah, of the seven. He's really games not interacting beyond what da- you guys. David, do you gotta to stop generalizing cacti. We have one at my work named Wheezy, and he's very sociable. <laughs> so, um, Retha is gonna go up to Levin at some point during the party and say. Can I interest you in a game of checkers? <laughs> I'm not particularly interested, but if you tell me to play with you, I will. I won't order you. I could, but I won't. Then I'd prefer not to. I'm not much for games. Real bundle of fun you are. You don't know the half of it. If you're looking for an opponent, I'll I'll take you on at some checkers. Give me int checks. Do I get a penalty for being drunk? <laughs> yes, you get the sick in the penalty. Okay. So you're taking a minus two. Yeah, minus. minus two. Nova, we could break out the inner sea taverns rules for being drunk. Oh god. That we is, that is the drunk rules. rules a minus two to all checks. That's just yeah, those rules. Wild. Okay. So um, 14, 15, and six. Alright. Uh and then Retha, give me uh three int checks. Oof. <laughs> you beat the crap Declan. out of her. Just <laughs> solidly. She's looking down before she, like, five moves in. You have taken, like, 90% of her, her pieces. With three queens. Just, I, I don't know where I got those in oh, checkers, sure. but I did. Pick on the zero All right, it's King's checkers. He's so drunk, he just started pulling out chess pieces. <laughs> no, no, trust me, this is, this is how it's one of those checker sets that you lift up the board and there's chess pieces inside. I, I like to yeah. think that Retha actually had to tell him how to play, and then he just oh, won. Pro- <laughs> Retha's what, like, so uh, you can move them this the power way of this alcohol. way, and uh, if you jump them, you capture them. And he's like already uh, oh, so just like setting uh, this, up his winning strategy. This is legal, okay. He's just like, oh my, shinderu. Shinderu. Okay, you do not get to call David a weeb anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yes, she does. Hold on, hold that's on. A, that yes, is a she does. He's still a bigger weeb. Fist of the North Star is surface level anime. Okay. I spent the morning. Let, uh, please shoot me. I just said the word animes unironically. Gun, a certain scientific railgun in the background while Alex was watching it and I was playing a dumb hidden object game on Facebook does not make me a weeb. I think the hidden okay. object game on Facebook makes you something worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it makes, you okay. it makes me okay, boomer. Yeah, anyway, I can't defend that one. It makes I'm sorry, me okay, right. boomer. And with that. The party comes to a close, and you all get some good rest. You wake up. Those of you who are prepared casters, prepare your spells. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, you guys know the drill. You're all well-first-season Pathfinder players. 
And with that... We all hit level two, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we got... Uh... Actually, related to that, this is a personal choice. This is what most people I know Pathfinder do. You guys are already talked to us about, but for the audience, we are doing what is called milestone leveling. Instead of using experience points based on combat, roleplay, etc., etc., there are fixed intervals that once a certain thing is accomplished, the party will level up. In this case, it'll probably be completing a floor. <laughs> yeah, in this case, for the most part, it'll be completing floors, maybe one floor, maybe two floors, depending on levels and where they are for balance purposes. But for the most part, it will be that. And there will be other stuff, some homebrew things for backstory that I'm working on with the guys and the gals. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And I hope you guys tune in next week for episode two. Bye. Bye. Yay. Bye.